0: Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Friday, November 10th, 2023. I'm here with Luke, as per usual, and we had a pretty solid week thus far. A um, little bit of news, some injury news, some guys coming back from injury in the NFL. Uh, a solid week in the Champions League, some interesting results. Um, we've got a couple of good fixtures in the Premier League this weekend, and. Um, We also have our MLB Awards predictions today. They start rolling out throughout the next week, so figured we'd go ahead and get through those. And, um, yeah, Luke, how are we feeling? I'm great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, semester kind of winding down, getting into that point where it's all projects now. That's that's Mm. what I'm getting to. It's, uh, you know, project last week, project this week, project next week. I got a professor – has a project due on the Monday before Thanksgiving, even though the Monday is when our break at KSU starts.
1: Well, that at least you guys unfair. get Monday. We yeah. we have to be in school until Tuesday. And I actually have stuff to do on Tuesday too. I have class.
0: Yeah. Well, you guys get a three day weekend and we don't. Your little three-day fall break. Your little oh fall yeah. Break. Georgia, Florida. Yeah. yeah. We don't get that. So we get the full week, but, um, Regardless, semester winding down, the season's winding down. We only have two full months left of NFL football. Um, yeah, just uh, a whole lot going on. And um, today, of course, we'll be previewing NFL Week tw- or Week 10. Um, we'll be going through all of our MLB awards predictions, Premier League weekend, UCL match day four, talking about our favorite matchups there, our favorite results. And then, uh, of course, closing it out with questions time. Luke, are you ready to talk about NFL week 10?
1: I can't believe it's already week 10, dude. Like just the fact that we're in November, like Thanksgiving is so close. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. I'm so excited for the holiday season. So excited to watch some Thanksgiving football, but we got to talk about week 10 first for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of things to um, not talk about uh, in week 10, particularly Thursday night football that is – Obviously, going to be done and decided when you guys are listening to this. But at the moment, uh, it starts at eight fifteen. That's Panthers Bears. Uh, I couldn't be less excited uh, for a matchup.
1: Yeah, me neither. Um, I don't know. I, like one in seven, Bryce Young. It, it's just looking like more and more he may not be the answer. I mean, he definitely has flashes. Yeah, um, but it's, um, it's hard to tell with this it, team yeah I, I you can't compare any of them to C.J. Stroud though. I, like me and my roommate were talking about it, and I know we're not even talking about the Texans right now, but C.J. Stroud probably should be like an MVP candidate.
0: I think he is like on the precipice of of being like a, a, a serious person to talk about for the award.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but anyway, right now we got Panthers uh Bears um, on primetime, the whole the whole yeah. nation gets to watch this game.
0: Yeah. Well, like th- w- I keep having to do this where I'm like, okay, put yourself in the shoes of the person I was before this season started and how I viewed these teams. <laughs> Panthers, Bears, going into this season, the Bears are supposed to be this shiny new offense, this brand new team even though they made no changes. Um <laughs> and Justin Fields was supposed to be leading them to winning the NFC North. The Panthers have the number one overall pick. They just got a running back in Miles Sanders. They have J.C. Horn and Brian Burns, who have been fantastic in their young careers on defense. This should have yep. been an exciting team. Both of them.
1: Yeah, They're no, not. I completely
0: agree. There's you. there's They're three not. wins combined <laughs> between these two teams,
1: and and fourteen losses. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, what do we? It's still Tyson Badgett, right? I
0: think so. I I sure.
1: think the Panthers might might be on route for win two. I, I don't know. I think so.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Right now, Justin Fields is uh, doubtful. Hmm. That's all I see. It said right, um, well, it isn't yet clear if he'll go through a pregame warm up or not. Sick. Yeah, not not a me. lot of
1: not not a lot to go off. There. <laughs> <laughs> that tells me
0: nothing. Um, yeah, oh, I, I don't care how this game goes. I think the Bears will win only because they're at home. Mm, that is a good shout. Um, uh, do we know
1: Montez Sweat should be yeah. probably fully ready to play for this one too? Right? Yep. You know what? Though that that may eliminate my win for the Panthers because I know they've been able they haven't been able to keep Bryce Young's jersey clean all yeah. season long. Um, and Montez Sweat is going to eat. Yeah, like this Panthers
0: offensive line would give up sacks to like the Mississippi school for the deaf and blind. Mississippi, huh? I just chose a random state. (laughs) Yeah. I think Mississippi probably has the most competitive deaf and blind football players. (laughs) If I had to guess. You know what? That's awkward. Like weirdly enough, that sounds about right. There's some good players out of Mississippi. I don't know about yeah, the deaf are and blind ones, but um yeah, go ahead and say uh say your prediction. Um
1: Bears 13 Carolina 6.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's nasty and I really like that pick. Um I'm going to go Bears 17 Panthers 10. Uh, I'll give okay. them a little bit. Um Yeah. All right, let's get into the real meat and potatoes, Sunday. <laughs> and it yep. all starts off with a game I am not gonna watch. Nine thirty in the morning Eastern time at Frankfurt Stadium in Frankfurt, Germany. Colts versus Patriots, the four and five Colts versus the two and seven Patriots. Um yeah, there's a there's zero percent chance that I get up to watch this game. I might intentionally sleep until twelve thirty to miss this game.
1: <laughs> um yeah, those poor Germans, man. They they did not get a good one. They got no. Brady last year. Yeah. They're getting... They Gardner got Patrick Minshew Mahomes.
0: Uh, they got Chiefs versus Dolphins last week, and then they give him this? <laughs> yeah. Brutal. <laughs> um, Maybe if this was Andrew Luck versus Tom Brady, uh, I'd be interested. Uh, it's not.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I will say, though, it is interesting on the Indianapolis side how they've been able to... You know, they've dealt with a lot this year, with Jonathan Taylor not being around all season long, Um, you know, losing Anthony Richardson, who was playing amazing. The the Colts, I I commend them, or commend them? Is commend the right word there? Yeah. I I commend them for being still, like, an around 500 team for what they've dealt with. Um, And, yeah, I think that they're probably going to stomp the Patriots in Germany.
0: Yeah, I I think so as well. The Patriots just... Have nothing. I think we we go through this fight every week um, of trying to find things to talk about for the Patriots. There is none uh, outside of the struggles. Max Jones sucks. The Kendrick Bourne's out for the season, so there's nothing going on in the receiving game outside of Hunter Henry. Um, yeah, like there's literally nothing to look for uh, outside of maybe a good game by Jonathan Taylor. Uh,
1: that's kind of what I'm thinking too, and. I remember um, I have Ramondre Stevenson in one of my fantasy leagues, and I didn't start him last week, and he he had a lot of points, and I was like, oh, shit. He got I mean, one run. <laughs> he had yeah, one yeah. good he run. he had nine carries for 87 yards and a touchdown, which means that, like you said, he got one. Yeah. One run. Yeah, um, yeah this is a poor team, man. No run game, no pass game, and a, a defense that – Is, I think, good. They just can't – like, their offense is that bad, they just can't keep up.
0: Yeah, and also injuries uh, have plagued that defense as well.
1: And injuries, of course. I I think it may have been – it was a good choice for them to get J.C. Jackson back. Um, You know, he played well in New England, but that's – he's not a difference maker at this point in the season. I mean, you're 2-7. and You guys are done.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're done. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts – I'm going to go Colts, 27, Patriots, 14.
1: I'm going to go Colts, 24,
0: Patriots, 14. Okay. Uh, Let's get into actually good games, though. 1 o'clock, Texans-Bengals. I love this matchup. Despite the Bengals being a a 6.5-point favorite, Burrow versus Stroud. This is like a a future-of-the-NFL-type matchup in my mind at this point. The thing is, for the Bengals, is that you need Jamar Chase to feel better. His back injury last week certainly slowed him down. His practice has been a little bit limited this week. And despite them winning a tough game against the Bills, they need him. Oh,
1: yeah, um, definitely. And, I mean, four receptions, 41 yards is still not that bad of a game if you're going to have, like, an off game. But you know, luckily for the Bengals is they have T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and they have Joe Burrow, who you know you and I talked about it all last season. He loves spreading the ball around. Yeah. He's the type of quarterback that I feel like is perfect to have if your star wide receiver is going to be hurt. Yeah, I agree. He, he talks to his other guys, and when your other guys are T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, like I said, you're you're going to be set with a quarterback like Burrow.
0: Yeah, T. Higgins kind of starting to turn this season around a little bit later than the rest of his teammates. Um, yeah, but he he definitely is, and there's certainly a lot to look for now. The Bengals are certainly you know are certainly heating up at this point. Um, outside of Joe Mixon, because that's just impossible at this point. Um, he will never be good. Do they just move on from him? You think? I I would assume they do. Even though he, yeah. I think he's still under contract for like two more years. Um, yeah, but. I think the big thing to talk about here is the Texans. They have to show something on defense to win this game because yes, the offense was absurd last week. C.J. Stroud breaking the rookie passing game record or er, uh, passing record for a single game. They still gave up what, 37 points? Like, uh, uh, yeah, 37 that yeah. is not good. And um and I'm not worried about Stroud and this offense because He's faced a, a solid defense. He's faced good pass rushers like Trey Hendrickson already this season, and he's shown very good composure. So I'm not worried about them. Just he, he's he got to do what he did last week and use all of his options very well. Hit Noah Brown. Hit, you know, Dalton Schultz outside of just Nico Collins, which is exactly what he did last week. Nico Collins almost never should have the fourth most receiving yards on that team. But when you're just finding other guys open, I have no problem with it at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. Um and, and to, you know, look at it even further for CJ Stroud, your offense with a rookie quarterback put up 39 points and you only ran the ball 17 times and not very well. Yeah. I mean that that's absolutely incredible. 470 yards, five touchdown passes, only got sacked three times and Man, for all the fantasy owners of Dalton Schultz, actually, you and I are one of them or two of them because I have him in a different league. Just let's try to get him more consistent, please, because yeah. uh, it's kind of brutal trying to predict when to start this guy and when not to. But um, yeah, CJ Stroud, man, it, alone, fourteen touchdowns and one interception alone puts you as a as an MVP candidate in my in my book. Yeah, I mean that's that's ridiculous, dude. And as a rookie, oh, my God. And then if you want to go even further, he did it against the Tampa defense that, yeah, like, Tampa's definitely slipping, but still. There are some dogs out there, a lot of veterans and a lot of young guys. It's a good mix. And C.J. Stroud just was unwavered. 12 incompletions, like, just a ridiculous game.
0: Yeah. I-, I think when it comes down to this matchup, though, um, it's going to come down to experience. The Texans all around are a young team they have a brand new head like a a new head coach, new quarterback, young young receivers, a young running back for that matter and young defensive players. I think they just get out like out experienced by the Bengals in this game.
1: Yeah, that that's a good point and I mean yeah, I I really I don't have anything else to add to that except for that I agree um the Texans, you know, it, I get getting lucky against the Buccaneers, which, you know, would you call it getting lucky? I mean, only 17 yeah. rushes. We're not very well. I don't think it's lucky.
0: I, I, I think C.J. Stroud is just a good quarterback.
1: Yeah, but he's not going to be able to do that every week. No, though. of course no, not. Nobody can. Play. But, um, yeah, it's, it's going to take a lot from the Texans to beat the Bengals, and the Bengals are super hot right now. Yeah, too. they are. So it, it's
0: gonna, yeah, I'm going to go – Um, just, the Texans defense I just think is not going to show up in this game. Um, I'm going to go Bengals 31, Texans 20.
1: I'm going to go 27-20, Bengals.
0: Okay. Uh, Let's get into the next game, Saints-Vikings. And, and this one, normally I would hate this game, Uh, but this one's kind of interesting. Josh Dobbs now has a win and a week of practice under his belt for the Vikings, and the Saints aren't bad, uh, per se. My issue with the Saints is that their offense and how they approach every game is ever-changing, and I don't know if that's good or bad for them.
1: Yeah, that's a good point because you you saw last week against a, you know, a really, really bad Bears team. Alvin Kamara only rushed the ball nine times and four receptions is good for a running back, but honestly, not really what we would expect from Alvin Kamara. Um, yeah, so I, I like that point that you made there is that they they aren't very consistent. They they might be 5 and 4 with a like a pretty good offense with Olave Kamara um, and Michael Thomas, but they never win the same way, which is yeah. I feel like is kind of unique.
0: And Michael Thomas was useless last week. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like big when it comes down time. to this game, it's like okay, well we look at last week and the Bears have a bad defense. And you threw the ball quite a bit. And you out rushed, or you gave Taysom Hill the ball more than you gave Alvin Kamara the ball, which is absurd. Um, now you go up against the Vikings team that also doesn't have the best defense, but certainly has a good one. Um, we certainly saw them slow down the run game of the Falcons last week. Um, I'm not talking about that game. Any, Actually, I will talk about it when we talk about the Falcons. But um, they slowed them down. If the Saints want to do anything in this game, first of all, get to Josh Dobbs quickly, um, which they've had a problem with. This pass rush has not been very good this year. But if they can get to Josh Dobbs quickly, that's going to make a, a world of a difference for them because... That's what the Falcons failed at last week. They let Dobbs float around a little bit too much, and um, it ended up getting the Vikings a win. I think the Saints can win this game, though.
1: Yeah, I think they can too. Even with Justin Jefferson coming back, because um, yeah. we don't know, we don't know what Justin Jefferson's going to look like with Joshua Dobbs um, at quarterback for them. And you know, another thing I want to add to what you were saying about the Saints' defense is limiting the scramble. You know, jo- yeah. The the scramble really hurt the Falcons on that game-winning drive that he put together. Um, Because he should not have converted that fourth down, uh, Josh Dobbs, in my opinion. Um, and and yeah, like you, you have Marshawn Lattimore. He's a more than serviceable cornerback, even against Justin Jefferson. I like. I I feel like you know Marshawn Lattimore can hold his own, especially with Tyron Matthew maybe over the top on a lot of plays. I I can definitely see how the Saints can win this game, but you're you're not going to be able to get them if. Jason Hill is getting more carries than Kamara. Keep the Vikings offense off the field by running the ball a lot. That that would be you know my two cents. And maybe give Jamal, Jamal Williams some carries too if you're going to use Kamara a yeah. shit ton, which I think they should.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, score prediction wise, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a close one. I'm gonna say Saints twenty-one, Vikings seventeen. I'm going to go 24 Saints,
1: Vikings 21.
0: Okay, let's move on to the next game, Packers versus Steelers. And mm. it feels like the Steelers should just stomp them, but will they? That's uh, This Steelers team is so confusing. It is. <laughs> it definitely is. I, I think um, you guys have a problem with playing down to your opponents. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, under Mike Tomlin, even whenever we had like a, you know, a consistent playoff team like I don't know, 2014 to like 2019, I guess you could say, maybe even 2020, Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin's team is always played down to people.
0: Yeah. Even in like and it's mainly in your wins. In these in the 5 wins the Steelers have, what their biggest margin of victory has been like 7?
1: Yeah, they're all one possession games.
0: Yeah, like that's concerning. Um, but what you might get lucky with is that the Packers have been really bad. Jordan Love's been turning the ball over at an alarming rate. Um, they finally get a win, a big win over the Rams, all things considered, but a lot of field goals, a lot of settling in that game. Um, but before that, they're coming off of a four game losing streak that included games against the Raiders and the Broncos. Um, yeah. Which are just games you shouldn't lose. Um and, and similar to what I talked about with the Texans, I just think the Packers are gonna get out experienced in this game.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, and, and to kind of like narrow down the out experiences, Jordan Love, like he is the he is going up against like one of the worst defenses for him. Like I, I think yeah. I don't know the stat, but Mike Tomlin has an amazing stat against rookie quarterbacks, which obviously Jordan love isn't a rookie anymore, but he's he's, essentially, I would say he's new to being a starter. Definitely. That is true. Um, yeah. And I just feel like, you know, he's going up against a defense that is not only really good, but also pretty scary, very physical. Uh, we, we've been very good at uh, getting interceptions this year, which doesn't bode well for Jordan love either. Um, and yeah, just the Steelers defense is just this perfect combination of pass rush and picks. And I feel like that would that could murder Jordan Love in this game. And yeah. I'm actually, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I think this will be our first game where we win more than one possession um okay. because I mean, Aaron Jones coming off of a you know, a pretty good week for him, twenty carries, seventy three yards and a touchdown. That's – I don't think that's going to be enough to beat the Steelers. I think the Steelers are actually going to do a really good job against Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. It it just comes down to what we can do offensively. Can we create enough separation in score? Can we score when we don't have to? Does that make sense? I feel like the Steelers only score if they're down or if we're, like, tied. We need to score when we don't have to score. So, um, yeah, score prediction. I'm going to take the Steelers – I'm gonna go twenty one. Hmm. I'm
0: gonna go twenty one ten. Okay. Okay. I w- for, before I do my score prediction, I want to get your read on George Pickens right now. What what's what's the deal? I know you're uh, you're oh, kind neat. of locked in, plugged in with the the Steelers fans. So yes, please let me know yeah. what the uh, the uh, idea is right now on George Pickens.
1: <laughs> Dude, I, I don't know, man. Because he, he unfollowed the Instagram. Um, yeah. He posted like the free me, and you know I, we definitely knew what we were getting with George Pickens. He he's not like I don't want to say troubled, but I feel like he's a very emotional yeah. football player. He, he's just and, and kind I, of
0: like a, a loose cannon type type of guy. He's yeah. gonna go off on his own and just kind of do his own thing. If you don't like it then to him, you're just saying, like, fuck you. And yeah. if you do like it, then it he feeds off the intensity. We saw that at Georgia. There were times yeah. where Kirby was all for his antics, whatever, because it gets all the guys to rally behind him. There's other times where you throw a Georgia Tech player into a wall and you get ejected when you're up by, like, 30 points. He does yeah. the same thing in the NFL, but that doesn't slide with the Steelers, and it doesn't slide with other organizations either.
1: No, and you know, it really, it comes down to our coaches, man. Like, we just got to make sure that he's with the blueprint. And I'm completely with Mike Tomlin. Um, I think one of my favorite Mike Tomlin quotes is, we don't hold hostages. I would rather lose with a team that cared about the Steelers than win with a team that didn't. Yeah. I I am 100%... Perfectly fine with losing George Pickens if these antics continue and they only get worse. I, agree. Now, I know that sounds crazy because I, I love the guy. His catch and traffic ability at like this point in his career is just way ahead of what it should be, in my opinion. Yeah, but he shouldn't have um, a God
0: complex about it. No. <laughs> <Like> he, <laughs> he, he, was getting, he was getting mad that Deontay Johnson got that pass for the touchdown. When on the last yeah. play, he's the one that fucking dropped it. Yeah, yeah.
1: And and to go even further with that, you know, Deontay Johnson hadn't caught a touchdown since Ben Roethlisberger. That's your yeah. teammate. That's, that's someone that you don't even necessarily compete with. Y'all are both starters. Why not, like, be happy for him? That's a big moment Yeah, for Deontay Johnson.
0: I, I think he just he needs the spotlight. He needs something to feed off of. And yeah. when he has – it's crazy because – when he has bad games, he doesn't feed off of it. He he doesn't take anything from it. It doesn't seem like. And when he has great games, he gets complacent the next week. It, it's as if he can't have two straight weeks where he is satisfied with his performance or at least does yeah. something to show it.
1: Exactly. Um but yeah overall i i love george pickens you know obviously with me being at uga i mean he got drafted to the steelers like you know not too far after i found out that like i was accepted there um which yeah. i thought was very cool um and i i, I want to i want us to do everything we can to keep him, but like you know like i said if the antics continue and then progress and get worse i mean you know see you later
0: yeah Yeah, I I definitely agree. Um, My score prediction, uh, I'm going to go pretty low scoring. Uh, I'm going to go Steelers 20, uh, Packers 7.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, Our next game, though, I kind of like. Call me a sicko. I like it. Titans-Buccaneers. Both teams are 3-5, and but this is all about the QB play. And I know, yeah. like, that seems obvious that, like, yeah, the QB play is going to be a big deal in this football game. Uh, but I think in this matchup in particular, it is way bigger than many matchups because Will Levis has the opportunity to be fantastic or he could play like last week where he was just, like, okay. Not good, not horrible, but he was okay, and that's uh, not going to win.
1: For For your second game to be against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense with Mike Tomlin's rookie quarterback record. I thought Will Levis, I think Richard Sherman said it best in the post game. He said something that like, it's not your fantasy football game, but like if you watch that game, Will Levis was fucking awesome.
0: I I watched the game and he he passed accurately. My issue was that maybe it wasn't his fault, but it just seemed like the weapons didn't back him up. DeAndre Hopkins was, I think 11 targets for receptions. Like, yeah, Jay, that's junior. Yeah, Joey Porter Jr. was all over him. But like, that's the yeah. kind of guy that should be making a difference and should be helping out this quarterback. So maybe it's not as much that Will Levis had a bad game, as much as just the Titans' offense kind of fell flat. But I still think that, obviously, it's nowhere close to what his debut looked like two weeks ago. I just think he has to look for options outside of D-Hop, here and there, at least. Yeah. because That
1: is fair. That is fair.
0: Yeah, like, there's other guys on this team. Of course, Traylon Burks is now out, uh, but you still have Westbrook Akeen, You still have Kyle Phillips, Chagose, McConquo. There's multiple other guys on this team that you can look at. You can run the ball a little bit more, too, um, at least against the Buccaneers. But, like, the Titans certainly just, like, aren't out of it in this game, and neither are the Buccaneers. For the Buccaneers, I think uh, there's a... They have to find the right number of passes for Baker. I, I know they lost last week, but he threw the perfect amount of passes. 30 passes is his number for sure. Anything more and it feels like he's forcing it. Anything less and it feels like you're running too much. Um, I think last week was perfect, but Chris Godwin needs to figure some things out uh, if he wants more targets. And Mike Evans is going to get the ball regardless. And Kate Otten has earned his targets. So yeah. there's guys on that field, just like for the Titans, that can be used. It's just about how efficiently does the quarterback use them? Because if you're throwing a Chris Godwin the most out of your wide receivers and he's not producing, you got to switch it up. And they didn't do that last week.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, Chris Godwin did get more targets than Mike Evans. Uh, Kate Otten, obviously leading the way in yeah. targets with nine. Um. I I don't know with with the amount of weapons that Tampa Bay has uh, in their past game. I honestly would like to see Baker throw the ball more. But you know, then again, in saying that, you have Rashad White who had twenty carries, seventy three yards, and two touchdowns last week. Um, and he had a good game in uh, in receiving as well. Yeah, it, it's they. I honestly think like you know, to your point, against the Texans, they played like a perfect offensive game as far as like. Giving Baker, uh, like you said, the right amount of attempts and also Rashad White. I mean, 20 carries, I feel like, is what you look for. Yeah. Or like a running back to have a good game. That's, I mean, you know, perfect there. But, you know, maybe lean more to the pass. I mean, Mike Evans, only four receptions. There, there has to be more than that. There also has to be more than five targets as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not too sure, you know, what happened in that game to have Kate dotten get nine targets. But like you said, he, was he just deserves, you know, Yeah, he deserves his flowers for sure. Um yeah, no, this is uh definitely gonna be the battle of the quarterbacks here, but you know, Will Evis again, he not not last week, but he is still going up against a very, very tough defense.
0: Yeah, he is. Um I, I think what it comes down to, you know, outside of the quarterback play is just gonna be the defense, and I trust this Buccaneers defense way more. Um so I'm gonna go Buccaneers twenty one, Titans twenty.
1: Wow, I like that. Um, hmm. I'm going to go Buccaneers 23, Titans 17.
0: Okay. Um, Let's get into the next game. I really like this matchup. 49ers versus Jags. Oddly, I don't know why I'm going into this game thinking that this is the time for San Fran to redeem themselves. Because they, they keep losing to teams that nobody would have thought they would lose to. Like you lose to the Browns with PJ Walker. Um, you never thought that would have happened. You lose to the Vikings, uh-huh. which not many people saw coming either. And then you lose to the Bengals, which could have happened, but definitely didn't see it happening in that fashion 31 17. They get the bye week, they refresh couple of guys come back from injury, like Debo and Dre, or, uh, yeah, Dre Greenlaw. Uh, Trent Williams, still questionable, but Debo and Dre Greenlaw, full participants in Wednesday's practice. My only problem is that the Jags are good. Like, I can't count them out. The Jaguars are very good. Yep. Um, yep. I think Trevor Lawrence is at this point where he's, like, just about to reach, like, superstar level. Like, we all know he's a great quarterback. He's had good performances. Now, year three, Second year of being very good, he's getting to that point. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, I, I agree. Um, go ahead. Uh, I th- this one's an interesting one, man. I, I don't know really what to think of. Uh, I don't know what to think of the 49ers with, um, you know, their losses anymore. Um, it, it's difficult because Jacksonville's coming off of a bye week, too. Pretty sure. Uh, They're no, both just a,
0: off. a long week, I believe. But didn't they play Thursday night last week? Or was that two weeks ago?
1: The Steelers played. The Steelers played Thursday
0: night. Oh shit! What game am I thinking of? Their last game was against the Steelers, so yeah. I guess two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, we got two teams coming off of a bye. Uh, I I don't know if because I I I'm going back to this Bengals and Forty ers game. Um. Jamar Chase, you know, 10 receptions, 100 yards against the 49ers. I, I don't know if any of the Jacksonville receivers can match that. Yeah. At least, like, they're, they're definitely capable, but they're not consistent enough to make me think that they can. Um, and honestly, I'd go as far as to say that I don't think Trevor Lawrence is as consistent as people really give him the credit like he is. So yeah. I, I think yeah. the 49ers are looking to kind of break their, break their losing streak here. I, I'm, I'm thinking San Francisco.
0: Yeah, I am as well. Uh, I, I do have to say, like, uh, Etienne for the Jags seems to be taking quite a big step forward now. Um, yeah. He's been great in the receiving game. has been the big thing to me. He's got 272 yards after the catch, and he's only got 27 receptions. So he's essentially getting 10 yards every time he catches the ball. After yeah. he catches the ball, he's got a first down, which is absurd. Um, all after? Yeah 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 so wow. that that's a a big factor for me um with his play because obviously he's running the ball super well um I still think he's they maybe need to lessen the amount of carries he's getting, give a couple more to the other guys, take a little stress off of him, but I don't make the decisions um i but yeah i I still like the forty ers here for some reason, maybe it's just this same idea of, you know, watching the first five weeks where they didn't lose uh, and they looked dominant. But I got to ride with San Francisco. Uh, I'm going to go San Fran 24, Jags 21.
1: I'm going to go San Francisco 24, Jacksonville 17.
0: Okay. Um, Let's get into the last game of the 4 o'clock slate, Browns-Ravens. I think this game is going to be a whole lot more competitive than the last time uh you know DTR starting for the Browns the last time didn't go too well um but the Ravens are great like they are unbelievably good and what i hope the most for the Ravens is that Keaton Mitchell is not a one week wonder because that <laughs> yeah, performance last week was amazing
1: that that was ridiculous um hang on i'm just getting my stuff here
0: well, then I'll go ahead and bring up Gus Edwards as well. The guy's unstoppable. Yeah. Six touchdowns in two games. Crazy. Yeah. Or uh-huh. er, er, yeah. uh, five. Yeah. Five touchdowns, I think. Um, either way, ridiculous. And if you can balance Keaton Mitchell's explosive ability and Gus Edwards' ability to just find the end zone, you don't even need to throw the ball. No, not, <laughs> not at all. I mean,.
1: Like, if I told you Lamar Jackson went 21 for 26, under 200 passing yards against Seattle, and they still won by 34 points, no touchdowns, ridiculous. Um, Had a good game on the ground as well against Seattle, too. This this Ravens team, they they just have it all. I I mean – and you know, especially it's going to help out when you have really good contribution from Odell too. like Zay flowers kind of had an off day against Seattle, but Odell picked it right back up. Five receptions, 56 yards and his touchdown. And Mark Andrews is probably top three tight end in the league right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> So looks really good.
1: they um, really good. just look so amazing offensively and defensively. And they have just ridiculous sat capability and turnover capability on their team. They're, they're they're looking like one of the more well like better well-rounded teams in the NFL uh, right now, I would say.
0: All right, sorry about that. Luke now has headphones on, so I don't hear myself talking. But what I was trying to say: the Ravens' passing game can be an issue. They've had some games where it just isn't quite up to speed, and they get bailed out by the running game. If the Browns' running defense is as good as it has been this season, and they can't run the ball well. Yeah you're going to need to see a much better performance out of Zay Flowers in particular. I need him to get into open space. I need him to have sure hands in this game, and that has been a problem in other games, especially more recently. Obviously, Mark Andrews, we kind of know what he can do. Um, Odell is just there um, for a, a few passes a game. But I think it's really up to Zay Flowers to be a difference maker if they can't run the ball well.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, even, I guess when the Ravens look good, they look like the most well-rounded team in the NFL. But like you pointed out, like they definitely do have some flaws. Um, you know, if if it comes like the perfect storm where they can't really run the ball that well and they can't really you know pass the ball that well, it you're gonna have a tough time against Cleveland, especially yeah. with Deshaun Watson back. It, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be really really hard to beat these guys. Yeah. really
0: really hard. But I, I do think the Browns still have some things to fix, uh, you know, on their side. If they want to beat this defense, which has been one of the best in the league, they need to figure out early if they're running the ball or not because they seem to find themselves in close games early in the game and they just keep running the ball and it just slips away from them. Like y- you have a great quarterback in Deshaun Watson, you have Amari Cooper, you have David Njoku, See what they can do early in the game. See if they can get you a lead so that you can justify running the ball because you don't have the most efficient runners, but you have some guys that run really well near the end zone like Kareem Hunt. You have Jerome Ford who can fight for a few extra yards here and there. Use it. like Use that to your advantage, but set it all up with the passing game.
1: Yeah, yeah, completely agree.
0: But for this one, I, I just I think the Ravens are too good. Um, I'm gonna have to go. Baltimore. Twenty four, Browns. Fourteen.
1: Hmm. Two possession game. Yep. I. I listen. <laughs> I like this Cleveland team. I mean, fuck the Browns, but I like this Cleveland team. Uh, I'm going to pick them again. Last time I picked them to upset, they beat the 49ers. They were the first team to do it and started their little uh, skid. So I'm going to pick the Browns again. I'm going to go uh, 24-21, super close AFC North game.
0: All right. Um, we start the 4 o'clock slate, and I'm just going to need you to let me let me go free Let's on Falcons Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got it. First off, I don't know what the hell's going to happen in this game. And that's concerning because the Cardinals have one win. But James Conner getting closer to returning, not too sure if he'll be back for this one. But Kyler is back. He is starting. Uh, Does that mean anything? I don't know. But I know a whole lot more about the Falcons. Um, I guess Jonu Smith is the best player on the Falcons, Um, obviously. Uh, Who would have thought that when you have three skill position players on your team that you drafted in the top ten the last three years— um, you just wouldn't use them. Obviously, Drake Lennon was hurt last week. But Kyle Pitts, no usage. Jonu Smith getting 10 times the targets. Um, Kyle Pitts hasn't had more than five targets, or no, more than six targets in, I believe, five games. That's ridiculous. Um, it, it, There's so many other problems. Bijan not getting the ball is, is crazy. But the defense is great. Love it. offensive penalties are killing me like they are genuinely killing me first just in the first half against the Vikings last week we committed three offensive penalties which doesn't seem that bad uh five penalties in total but one of them being Van Jefferson who I said on Monday's episode I would love nothing more than for him to never play in a Falcons jersey ever again um He committed an offensive pass interference that took away a fourth down conversion that would have put us on the Minnesota 30 at the end of the first quarter. Obviously, you know, we we end up getting the flag, which pushes us back, which takes us out of field goal range. Uh, So you can't kick the field goal. You punt. We end up getting a safety off the punt. But 10 times out of 10, I'm taking a touchdown over a safety. Um, (laughs) And then... One of the other offensive penalties in the first half was Chris Chris Lindstrom's false start on the first play of a drive where we started on the Vikings' one-yard line after a fumble recovery. And we finished that drive with a field goal. Four plays, negative four yards. That's the difference maker. We lost by three points. You could have either gotten a touchdown when Van Jefferson fucked up the fourth-down conversion, or you could have gotten a touchdown... Instead of Chris Lindstrom false starting and then the offense just totally falling flat because Arthur Smith doesn't know how to play call in the red zone, we would have been fine. And that, everything that I just went through is what loses games. Uh, Week by week, that's what loses games for the Falcons. And if Arthur Smith wants to keep his job, he needs to learn how to utilize the talent on this team because if he doesn't, it's not going to be his team. By the end of this season, 100%. There's too much talent for this Falcons team, honestly, to be below 500 at this point. From what we saw in the first couple of weeks, from what we've seen from Bijan Robinson, what we've seen from Drake London, now from Taylor Heineke has shown flashes, and what we've seen from this defense. There's zero excuses for us to be four and five, but he never ceases to just give the ball to Cordero Patterson for fucking nothing. And just continue to feed Tyler Algier while, well, well, meanwhile, a guy that we just picked in the top 10, who's supposed to be this generational talent who has made highlight play after highlight play in the first four weeks of the season, first, honestly, like six weeks of the season, he's just standing on the sidelines watching. I don't get it. Um, so yeah, at this moment, Arthur Smith fired. Um, and Kyle Turning Pitts, first, Grayson
1: Rosen has just fired Arthur Smith. From the
0: yeah, United and Falcons. if we don't draft a quarterback, Kyle Pitts is totally going to like the fucking Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> um, um. Yeah, I digress. All right. Well,
1: you know it, it's unfortunate for Falcons fans because in two weeks in a row, which uh, we haven't seen since week one and week two, the Falcons have put up more than twenty points against their team. The difference is, in Weeks 1 and 2 in the Panthers and Packers, the Falcons won both of those games. Falcons in Week 9 and 8 have lost to the Titans and then the Vikings uh, after putting up 23 against the Titans and 31 against the Vikings. It's just, um, I'm completely with you. I think the Falcons are a sneakily good team, but it's just coming down to, you know, really play calling and honestly, like, kind of just defensive lapses that lead to you know, like really, really good plays uh, offensively for whoever they're playing against. But yeah, like uh, it's just very frustrating. I can imagine that, you know, you guys have put up 23 and 28 in back to back weeks, which I would say, you know, with a quarterback led by Heineke or Ritter, it's that 23 points, 28 points is pretty damn good, especially with how the defense looked earlier in the season. But um, yeah, they just haven't been able to get it done two weeks in a row. And they're, you know, definitely slipping. Yeah, I I, uh, I liked your rant. That was a good rant.
0: Yeah, like with the with the defense, it's like yes, they are giving up points, but a lot of times it's like just the offense capitalizing on moments. And also, the last yeah. two weeks we've played guys that aren't like aren't the guys that have been playing quarterback all year. Like that <laughs> yeah. that we've run into two weeks in a row. We're about to run into it for the third week in a row. Um, yep, but like. You know, Yes, we got a week to game plan for Jaron Hall, uh, and then he goes out with a concussion super early in the game. Now we have to see Josh Dobbs, who didn't even know the playbook himself. Like He hadn't even really practiced with the team. He's out there teaching yeah. his offensive lineman his cadence on the sidelines before he That's goes ridiculous. in the game. And then <laughs> that just gives him the opportunity to scramble for for extra yardage multiple times, run for that touchdown, you know, just kind of go out there and just play instead of running a real game plan. And, of course, that's going to kill the defense. And kind of the same thing goes against Levis. It was like there is zero film because he barely played in the preseason, and he Mm -hmm. hasn't came in in any of the games this season, and then he just is starting miraculously. And now we have to deal with DeAndre Hopkins and Will Levis creating some ridiculous connection. Um, but, yeah, overall, like, yeah, I'm sure the Falcons will win this game just because the Cardinals don't want to win football games. Um, But, yeah, I, I don't think I, – I still don't think the offense is going to look good until we start incorporating the pieces that are important.
1: Yeah, that, that that's fair. Um. And on the Arizona side, I literally have nothing. Um, Yeah. Last week was, uh, yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter. I I have nothing to say about the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals,
0: (laughs) Nothing about the Arizona Cardinals matters at all.
1: No, absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah.
0: What matters is that they're probably going to end up sticking to Kyler Murray um, and drafting like Marvin Harrison Jr.
1: Yeah, poor Clayton Tune had to play against the Browns and got sacked seven times.
0: Yeah, that sucks.
1: Might be the only NFL game he ever sees. <laughs>
0: yeah. Ah, yeah, that, that uh, damn. uh but, you know what? It's gonna
1: be it's gonna be tough for Kyler Murray, in my opinion, too. I mean, I, I the so. Falcons, re- regardless of the points they've given up in the last two weeks, they're still gonna be a tough they're they're a tough defensive line to go against. Yeah. Um. So I, I think they could give Kyler some trouble. Um I, Jesse Bates is healthy, right? I believe so. I mean, he's, you know, he's proven to be still one of the best safeties in the league, even with Atlanta. Um I, I'm I'm taking Atlanta in this one. I think it's gonna be like a uh 3 Atlanta. <laughs>
0: wow. Not giving Kyler <laughs> the benefit of the doubt. Um uh, I'm gonna go. Falcons uh I got to feel uh, man I don't even know um pass I'm passing I'm passing <laughs> Are you pa- is this the first pass on a score yeah, prediction this is second is the first pass history? on a score prediction because I don't want to <laughs> say what I think's going to happen Um so we're moving on Lions Chargers okay. uh give me the Lions by a million Ooh. One hundred, Yes. Amin Ra and Sam LaPorta are about to have such an insane game.
1: Yeah, I mean, and Dan Campbell figured out that Jameer Gibbs is a pretty good running back, too. Yeah. That's, you know, not looking too good.
0: Yeah, and the (laughs) thing that bodes well the best for the Lions is that the Chargers offense looks good on paper until you watch them play football, and they are the most inefficient they ever could be. Austin Eckler had a run for 20 yards and a run for 17 yards last week. So, that means outside of those two runs, he had 12 carries for 10 yards. Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He also caught two of his seven targets last week. So, throw away that whole thing where he put up like 1,000 receiving yards last year because that's obviously an issue as well. Um, And then... Quentin Johnston is useless. He cannot get into space. He can't make a catch in traffic. Um so it's all down to Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert and Justin Herbert just could not find anybody against the Jets last week and I don't see it changing.
1: No, uh, I don't either. Um Yeah, like you said they're they're just really really good on paper. Um Yeah. It, I I just I when it comes to the Chargers man I've said it so many times on this podcast, but I just haven't been able to predict them. Even like pre-podcast times, like you know, back to like Philip Rivers and Melvin Gordon days. Like, yeah, it looked good on paper, but they just can't. I, I don't know if it's like a cohesive thing. I don't know if it's a play-calling thing. I have I have no clue what's going on in LA. I definitely I have, think I haven't for a long time.
0: I think Brandon Staley's the problem. Like, I, he's certainly okay. going to get fired if they end up under five hundred this year, but. I, I don't know. I think it's just like a systemic problem with the, the Los Angeles Chargers.
1: Yeah, but I, I do want to highlight this. How about how Keenan Allen hit 10,000 receiving yards? Did you see yeah. that catch?
0: That was oh sick. my God. Keenan that was Allen a cool way to awesome. get
1: 10,000. Yeah. Yeah, Keenan Allen is very, very awesome. man. You know what, though? I feel like this team could be in a little bit of a different position if they still had Mike Williams yep. healthy. I agree. Uh definitely. Um probably, you know, after this season, you kinda gotta wonder why you fought for Austin Eckler so hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Honestly. Um, but uh yeah, Austin Eckler needs to go. Um Quentin Johnson, like you said, was probably a waste of a pick. Um they have good defensive players on paper. Like they they absolutely ate up the Jets. I mean, eight sacks against Zach Wilson, that was unbelievable. Um, you know, obviously between Joey Bosa, who had two and a half, Khalil Mack had two, and then uh, Tule uh, Troy Polamalu had two sacks in that game as well. I don't know. It's a Hawaiian name. <laughs> Always go to Polamalu if you can't pronounce it. Um,
0: right. What
1: are you uh, talking about? Tule. For who? Thule, uh, the Chargers on defense. Oh, uh, I believe
0: it's Tui Paluto. Paluto. Tui Paluto. Polo Pelotu, yeah, Tui Pelotu. Pul- yeah, you he came from USC. He anyway. got drafted this year.
1: Ah, uh, uh, yeah, USC and their Hawaiian guys, man, never ceases to fail. All the path uh, Yes, all the yeah. That's a good point too. But um, you know, I really like what they have defensively. I, I like Derwin James. I like Kenneth Murray. I like Bosa Mac. Um, Asante Samuel Junior is great, and Eric yeah. Kendricks is great. I just, for some reason, I, I don't think you can. Yeah, you can't rely on them defensively yeah. either. So the the Chargers, you know, when they step out on the field, you're kind of just banking on whatever the fuck to happen with them. Yeah. Um, and then you know, on the Lions' side is they're just gonna kill them. <laughs> they're just going to murder them. Yeah. I I, I have really nothing else to add.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go uh, Lions twenty-eight, Chargers seventeen.
1: Uh, I'm going to go Lions 35, Chargers 14.
0: Okay. Uh, let's get into the, uh, next game, a division, uh, matchup, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Giants Cowboys. It's going to be bad. Bad, Mm. really bad. Bad how? Bad Tommy DeVito starting is how, um, maybe not 40 to zero bad. (laughs) Maybe the Cowboys get an early lead. They just kind of run it out. Um, yeah but it's not going to be fun.
1: No, uh, <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I think out of all of our mid seat or uh, preseason, uh, like predictions, I had the giants the most wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I really did not think this was going to happen. Somebody saves Saquon Barkley. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I really I don't know. I mean, it sucks that Daniel Jones is out and not only is he out for the rest of the season, but I almost am now doubting him as franchise quarterback level.
0: Uh yeah. I, I don't I think know, that's
1: fair. I don't <laughs> I don't know what happened to him this season. And they're going up against a division rival that has already murdered them already. Yeah. Um I said already twice there to, you know, really make sure that y'all knew that they already murdered yeah, them. It already happened. Um CeeDee Lamb is coming off of an almost 200-yard game performance. Jake Ferguson is a fantastic tight end with Dallas. He's really cemented himself the past couple weeks. And, you know, you've proven you don't even need Tony Pollard anymore.
0: Yeah, so. I wish they did. <laughs> I, I really wish <laughs> yeah. they needed Tony Honestly. Pollard. Um, but, yeah, like, if you want to know how this game's going to go um, – this is one of the few times I will say, let Vegas tell you exactly how this game is going to go. The line is 17, mm-hmm. and this is an NFL game. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. There you go. I'm going to take the Cowboys 34 to 10.
1: I'm actually going to predict a goose egg. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go a goose egg for uh, for New York. I'm gonna go 27 nothing Cowboys.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. next game, Commanders Seahawks. I kind of like it. I do too. I like it. Uh, I do too. okay. Fun question for you: Who actually has the best quarterback in this matchup?
1: I'm I'm rocking with Sam Howell. <laughs> Me I, I too. think uh, Geno Smith has had an off year, and Sam Howell is really like. I I think what's crazy to talk about with the Commanders, Grayson, is they're finally not losing because of quarterback play.
0: Yes, they're losing because of everything else. Which is a
1: massive, massive, massive step in the right direction for the Commanders looking forward. Um, And, and yeah, like I said, going back to Geno, he just hasn't really – he hadn't been it like he was last year. Um, So, yeah, my answer to your question is Sam Howell, for sure. Okay,
0: good. Yeah, um, another question – can we consider it an off year for Geno Smith, or is he just not good anymore?
1: In, you know, with him kind of having like an abnormally good season last year, I, I think maybe that was just kind of like an, an asterisk to his yeah. career. I, I don't, think this I don't, maybe year is not that great.
0: Like, obviously, he had bad years in the past. Yes. This yep. year seems to be what Geno Smith should be. Yes. Last year was yep. exaggerated, this year probably properly rating him. But yeah, Sam Howell is actually good. Um, the defense obviously is struggling. They they couldn't get any sacks last week um, without their two edge why. rushers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of hard <laughs> when you trade away both your starters. Um, you just leave Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne to get double teamed in the middle. Um, yeah. Yeah, like... <laughs> I think Seattle has the more complete team uh, to win this game, but maybe give Kenneth Walker the ball.
1: Yeah, big time. <laughs> big time.
0: And maybe test out DK for, you know, give him a couple targets. If he's not catching the ball, don't fucking throw to him because he has been just as bad as Chris Godwin it's about catching the ball. Yeah. I, I think, think one's so.
1: worse than the other.
0: I think Chris Godwin does it every week. Um but <laughs> yeah <laughs> when you when point. you look at like how DK <laughs> like in DK's bad games, he's Chris Godwin.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um
1: I, I don't know. DK DK's been on like a fast decline, I feel like. I'm kind of worried about what the rest of his I think career looks too like. Many,
0: there's too many good players on this offense for him
1: the The fact that Tyler Lockett looks more consistent than DK Metcalf, and to be fair, JSN the past couple of weeks yeah. is very concerning to me.
0: Yeah, I think they should throw to Jake Bobo more. Personally, he's looked good. Okay,
1: he has looked good.
0: Um, has yeah, looked good. this game. Uh, I don't know. The Commanders just look so incomplete without the like without any defensive help. Um, yeah. So. I'm gonna go Seattle sh- Seattle twenty eight, Commanders twenty one.
1: I'm gonna go Commanders twenty four, Seattle seventeen.
0: Okay. Big upset considering Seattle's six and a half point favorite. Um Ow. don't know. I don't I don't understand. <laughs> um all right, Sunday night football. Yeah, I'm, I'm... Oh, Grayson, lay
1: it on me. We got a good one. It's Sunday Night Football. Who's playing?
0: Uh, Yeah. <laughs> Two great teams, man. Jets, Raiders.
1: Mm. Woo! Woo-hoo. Got some big markets in yeah. here. Vegas, New I'm, York. I'm literally <laughs> on the verge of throwing
0: up, thinking about how this game's going to go. After watching Zach Wilson uh, and, like, Robert Sala is just, like, openly talking shit about him um, <laughs> in the media... <laughs> Like this, yeah, this is going to be a disaster. And then we already know the disaster that the Raiders are. Um, yeah, I, Jesus, I don't even know what to think.
1: I, I like the Raiders, I, I think their whole locker room is up. Um,
0: yeah, that's true.
1: I, I, everybody looks happier. They're smoking cigars after absolutely XP farming on the Giants yeah. 30 to 6 game.
0: Um, Max Crosby was smoking just a plain – like. Literally, uh, uh, just a backwoods with tobacco in it.
1: Yeah, and he was rapping like only part of the lyrics because he doesn't know all of them. I thought that was hilarious. That's also um, funny. That's hilarious. But, um, yeah, I, I I like the Raiders right now. I think they got a good momentum. The locker room is turned around. They really like this fucking coach. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna take Oakland just because of uh, Oakland. I'm gonna take Vegas just because uh, they they just seem to be up right now.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Um, like the Jets' defense is undoubtedly amazing, uh, and the Raiders' offense has certainly not been good. Um, but, I yeah, I just I can't believe in Zach Wilson right now. This one seems no. just so bad. I'm going to go Jets, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jets 13, Raiders 10
1: i wanted to see if i could find something real fast um dang it i couldn't i can't find it but uh antonio pierce there was a story that came out about something that he did uh like with a high school team that he coached or something do you know what i'm talking about no i don't like he i don't know it was some like crazy punishment just to kind of like attest to how serious he is but um I think with Zach Wilson getting sacked eight times, we're looking at a maybe a good game for Max Crosby and not a good game for Zach Wilson. So I'm gonna go yeah. I'm gonna go Jets nine, Raiders twenty one.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, three field goals for New York. All right. Uh Monday night football. Woo. Should be a good game, right? Broncos Bills <laughs> yeah, in Buffalo. Uh not uh, even big markets. No. Um It feels like the Bills should just handle business. I don't know if they can after watching what they did last week. Like, how they played last week. The
1: Steelers have a better record than the Buffalo Bills right now.
0: That's true. Uh, I'm not saying the Broncos are going to win this game, but I'm not going to say they can't. You know what I Like, it's not going to be as crazy of a result as you think.
1: No, not at all. Um... I don't know, man. I'm still going Buffalo. I I, I think yeah. it, if Buffalo yeah. scores 18, they have a good chance to beat the Broncos. Normally, I agree. normally. Um, I I love last game for Buffalo. Yeah, they did lose to Cincinnati, but Alton Kincaid 10 receptions off of 11 targets. That's that's really special. Oh yeah. Um, it, it just they they just have to run the ball more consistently. Like yeah, James Cook is. I don't know. I don't really know if I'd call him good yet. I, I don't. I don't know if I can call him good, or or maybe just right opportunities.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um, He's not, you know, he's not in an offense that's going to run the ball all that much to him. No, Um, and I don't think he's quite found his usage in the receiving game just yet. Um, he hasn't really found a role there, but like to me, this, oh man, I, I think like. Like Bill's twenty-one sounds good enough to win. Um I'm gonna go Bill's twenty-one, Broncos 14.
1: Uh, I am actually gonna match you on that. Okay. I think that's the perfect score line. Um I want to ask you this though. How much of Leonard Fournette are we gonna see?
0: I've two carries.
1: Two carries, yeah. It probably is too cold for him. So
0: Yeah. He that was admitted. ridiculous. Did you yeah, I saw the shorts. He, he His said, legs it was are too insane.
1: cold. Well yeah, his legs look ridiculous, but he said it was too cold, but like the I don't know, like the day that he posted that, like the the low for Buffalo, I think it was like 40 or like 50 something degrees there. like, but Think about the team <laughs> he <laughs> played. He played for LSU.
0: Played <laughs> for LSU, and then he went to Jacksonville yep. and then he went further south to Tampa.
1: Yeah, so um he's in for a rude awakening like probably in like a couple weeks.
0: Yeah. Just wait for him to play okay, let's see. Bill's let's look at the Bill's schedule real quick. Um oh dude. He's gonna play so good at the Chargers.
1: Oh yeah, he's gonna feed <laughs> off the heat.
0: Yeah, that's that's gonna be Lenny's uh, game. It. Um all right. Well, that is the week. Uh four teams on by Chiefs, Rams, Dolphins, Eagles a lot of good team No
1: more Taylor Swift.
0: Yeah, no, no Taylor more Swift Taylor Swift. Week. Unless
1: they're together, if they're together in the bye week, it'll, you know, it'll just be the same thing. That's
0: true, but like they can't even attend an Eagles game because both the Kelseys are on bye. Um Yeah. Yeah, there's uh I lucked out in fantasy with this being the people on bye. I'll just say that. Sorry, Ronnie. How so? Uh Ronnie's ah, team or His – very, very much uh, Eagles and uh, Rams players. Okay. Yeah, so I lucked yeah. out. I think at the moment I'm projected to win by f- 15, mm. I think. Uh, yeah, that's nice. that's neither here nor there. Uh, Luke, are you ready to talk about our MLB awards predictions?
1: I am super excited to get into this. I, I think we're going to have some great discussion here.
0: I agree. So, um, yeah, all nominees are released. Uh, we'll, We'll name the list of nominees first for each award, and then we'll talk our winners. So, we'll start. American League Rookie of the Year. You have Tanner Bibby of the Cleveland Guardians, Tristan Cassis of the Red Sox, and Gunnar Henderson of the Baltimore Orioles. Luke, who is your winner?
1: I, I went basic here. Uh I, I just think it's Gunnar Henderson. I mean 28 home runs. actually, let me let me get this more in front of my face so I can read it better. Uh 28 home runs, 82 ribbies, uh solid. Uh batting average of two fifty five, but an OPS of eight fourteen. Uh ridiculous. And then I wanted to add he was defensively solid as well. Um yeah, he has it for me. I mean, just his and also team success too. I want to throw in there as well.
0: Yeah. I, but way
1: more than the other two guys. And, and you can actually yeah. say that a lot of the Orioles' success did come from Gunner, too. It wasn't like he was just a player in there. He was one of the bigger players of that team. So I like Gunner here a lot.
0: Yeah, I like Gunner as well. Gunner's my guy for this. Uh, I wish I could say Tanner Bibby would win that 2.98 ERA, 10-4. and 4, Like a 3.6 war as a rookie, only starting 25 games. That's fantastic. And... 141 strikeouts and 142 innings pitched is amazing. Whip, amazing, 1.176. There's just so much hype for Gunner, and he's a position player, which really helps him out for Rookie of the Year. Um, I love Tanner Bibby. I love what he did this season. Um, Just he kind of got unlucky. (laughs) Um, Just not on a good team, not a lot of run support, a lot of no decisions um in his starts. So yeah, it's gotta go to Gunner for me.
1: All right. Nice.
0: Uh in the National League, I think it's possibly the easiest decision uh, of all the awards. It's yeah, Corbin Carroll. I, uh, I went with,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh okay. Corbin Carroll,
0: James Outman, and Kodai Senga. I went with Corbin Carroll.
1: I did too. Um twenty five home runs, seventy six RBI, two eighty five average, so more than Gunner and a, a higher OPS than Gunner too. Um, so I I know it's a regular season award which you informed me um before we recorded, but like, I, I, you have to mention the postseason as well. Just an, an instrumental player at yeah. his young age, I feel like is amazing in the postseason. Um, and you know regular season as well. He was pretty much unstoppable. Great yeah. base runner, great defender. He truly is looking like he can be the complete package.
0: Yeah, twenty five home runs, fifty four stolen bases, and ten triples as a rookie. Uh that's absolutely ridiculous. Um yes. he was an all-star that certainly gives you a whole lot of stock for becoming a, a, a rookie of the year. Um and you know, for unfortunately he did slow down a little bit in the second half, but he was still amazing. Still a 134 OPS plus um just all around amazing. 868 on-base percent or er, uh, OPS uh is fantastic for any young player. So it's gotta go to Corbin Carroll.
1: Yeah, and I also wanted to mention that for a while there he had the fastest first to home uh as far as like base running goes until Ellie de la Cruz, the six five freakazoid beat yeah. him out for that one. So yeah, Corbin Carroll is just uh he's a sick player.
0: Oh yeah. Uh but now let's get into our managers of the year. In the AL, your nominees are Bruce Bochy of the Rangers, Kevin Cash of the Rays, and Brandon Hyde of the Orioles. Who was your selection?
1: So I feel like you and I both agree that like, when it comes to even like picking head coaches uh, in the NFL, it's almost never the guy who did the best, at least in my opinion. It's always the guy who I think did something more impressive with what he had, and in my opinion, that goes to Brandon Hyde of the Baltimore Orioles. It says a lot about a manager to take that young of a team as far and as as consistently good as they were in the postseason, or uh, sorry, the regular season. And I know that they kind of like you know fell flat on their face in the postseason, but like they still got there with that young group, and I feel like that's yeah. all can be attributed to him. Yeah. So I, I really like what he
0: did. Yeah, I went with Brandon Hyde. I think he's the obvious winner. Um, Kevin Cash and the Rays—you couldn't even beat out Brandon Hyde for the division. Um, And for Bruce Bochy and the Rangers, they certainly didn't look good for multiple stints throughout the season. Yeah, I know. They just won the World Series. Playoffs don't matter. Um, And I think for Bruce Bochy, the biggest thing is he comes in after they were significantly below 500. I I think they were 25 games below 500 last season, um, maybe more. And turns this team around, but that was with the help of a lot of signings. Um, that that yeah. certainly changed the the ways. Um, so yeah, I, it had to go to Brandon Hyde for me. You didn't get swept once all season. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's go to the uh, the National League. Your nominees are Craig Council, the Brewers; Skip Shoemaker of the Marlins; and Brian Snicker of the Atlanta Braves.
1: Uh, another obvious one for me it's got to be brian snicker i mean what's most impressive to me is the cohesiveness of the team they are more of a team than anybody else in the league in my opinion the atlanta braves are And, and what i mean by that is i feel like everybody enjoys everybody enjoys who's on the team they all enjoy like the fans um and they just they play very well together they feel like a real team And I I feel like that starts with Snicker and and kind of like, you know, showing the players the narrative. And I also have another point with him. The Braves all season long had like a constant pool of talent and they were all like, it seemed like when, when their name was called, they were ready to go. And I think that's also attributed to Brian Snicker as well.
0: Yeah. I think, I think Snick, you know, obviously it's his, I believe it was his winning a season with the Braves. Um, To me, it's Skip Shoemaker uh, of the Marlins. I think he's easily the guy, um, in my mind. Like you look at that Marlins team; they are perennially or perennially one of the worst teams in the division. They come out, they have a great season. Eighty four and seventy eight is great, regardless of whatever you want to say. Um, it's great, and the fact that they, you know, looking back, even just immediately back to twenty twenty two, like they. <laughs> They weren't a good team. 69-93, and not good. Skip Shoemaker comes in to replace Don Mattingly, immediately makes a difference, immediately brings players in and just shows some players off that we never would have thought of um, and made them efficient players, made them guys that add to their win probability. Um, And I would love to have said Snicker, but... When I look at the aspects outside of just winning a game, I still question his decision making a lot. Maybe that's just a matter of me being, you know, uh, a stuck-up, um, entitled baseball fan with my team. But <laughs> I still question my—I I question some of his decision making. Um, you know, pitching changes, pinch hitters, even just lineups uh, in general. So maybe just because I have this microscope on the Atlanta Braves at all times. Maybe it skews my view of Snit. Um, Still respect him wholeheartedly as the manager of this team and deserves his job 100%. But to me, Skip Shoemaker um, was the manager of the year. I think Snicker's just been consistent for years. Okay, fair. Um, All right, let's get into Cy Young's. Uh, AL Cy Young winner. I got a feeling I know where you're heading with this, but... The nominees are Garrett Cole of the New York Yankees, Kevin Gosman of the Toronto Blue Jays, and Sonny Gray of the Minnesota Twins.
1: I just feel like Garrett Cole is way better than those two guys. Um, Yeah. Had an amazing season. Second in ERA uh, out of the entire MLB, actually, 2.63. He was tied for first with Framer Valdez for strikeouts. He was tied for third in complete games, third in innings pitched, fifth uh, in strikeouts in the MLB, and third in the AL. Yeah, George Pickens – wow, George Pickens. Nice.
0: (laughs) Garrett Cole. Nice.
1: Garrett Cole did all that with a shitty offense and honestly still had a good win total at the end of the season too. So, yeah, shout out Garrett Cole. He is by far my AL Cy Young. Yeah. And it'll be his first Cy Young in his entire career, which is even more surprising that he hadn't done it already.
0: Yeah, that is crazy that he's never won one. I – okay, since this is predictions, I think it's going to Garrett Cole. If I had a vote, I probably would have voted for Sonny Gray. Okay. One big reason 0.39 home runs per nine in 184 innings pitched is actually insane. Like that just doesn't happen. Um, and Sonny Gray was genuinely one of the best in the league um, all year. Uh, he led the entire MLB in FIP, uh, fielding independent pitching, and of course, led the entire MLB in home runs per nine. Yeah, I, I loved what he had to offer this season, but Garrett Cole has the shiny stats, he has the complete game shutouts, he has the you know, more innings pitched, more innings per game. Um, so I think it goes to Garrett Cole. Um, but if I had a vote, it'd go to Sonny Gray. That's fair. That's um fair. all right. National League. This one I think there's like some discussion to be had. Um your nominees are Zach Gallen of the Diamondbacks, Blake Snell of the Padres, and Logan Webb of the San Francisco Giants.
1: Give me Blake Snell here, Grayson. I, I like Blake Snell the best. Uh, lowest ERA in the entire MLB. Tied for third in strikeouts in the MLB. Fifth in home runs given up. Lowest amount of earned runs given up. I think Zach Gallen had a more impressive season, like just overall looking at his team, obviously. But Blake Snell, man, was just uh, lights out. I actually think Blake Snell was probably better than Garrett Cole, in my opinion, as far as like yeah. pitchers go. It's just Blake Snell was on a very, very bad team.
0: Yeah, the second half of Blake Snell's season, I, I obviously am going with Blake Snell, um, and primarily because of the second half of the season. Yes. From July 1st yeah. to the end of the season, he had a 1.35 ERA in 93 innings pitched. That's crazy. That is some shit that just does not happen. Um, I love home runs per nine in this modern era of baseball. A .75 is amazing. Um, he also left runners on base 86.7% of the time. He was walking at an alarming rate, but he wasn't letting that earn runs, and that's huge. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I had to go sure. Blake Snell. Yeah, I wanted to give it to
1: Zach Gallon. I like Zach Gallon better, um, but Zach Gallon just doesn't, um, he doesn't have the stats to back it up against Blake Snell. Blake Snell was just lights out.
0: Yeah. Gallon started giving up a few too many runs um, in his outings. But yep. let's get into the big one the MVP award. Um, and as much as I want to say for the American League that it's going to be any of these other nominees, your first nominee is Shohei Otani. You're next to Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon of the Texas Rangers. I, I would love to say it's going to be Corey Seager. I would. He had a fantastic season. He led yeah. in so many stats. He doesn't pitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he doesn't. And he's also going to have to hit 50-plus home runs and pitch to beat Shohei Otani, uh-huh. uh, which just isn't going to happen, uh, unfortunately. Um you you lead the MLB in slugging on base or uh sorry, slugging OPS OPS plus uh you're you lead the American League in home runs on-base percentage total bases and as a pitcher you have 132 innings pitched a 3.14 ERA and you struck out 167 batters He's the goat. It's crazy, and he's yeah. a free
1: agent. <laughs> even crazier. Oh my god! Imagine if somehow he just goes back to the Angels.
0: <laughs> There's a zero percent chance, honestly.
1: Oh uh, god. <laughs> yeah, but shout out Corey. Shout out Corey Seager, though. Um, what a season he had. Yeah, Corey Seager. He's was not play Otani.
0: No, he's not uh, unfortunately. And Marcus Simeon. Just I don't even know who the fuck got him on that list. Um. But I would like to shout yeah. out Corey Seager. He had a great year. 42 doubles. Yeah. Um yeah. NL MVP was probably it, a
1: little bit closer though.
0: Yeah, NL MVP certainly closer. Um but for Corey Seager, he also just didn't play enough games. 119 games, missed quite a bit of time. Took a while for his batting average and all of his counting statistics to be or sorry, his average statistics to be like qualified. Um So that definitely threw him off a little bit, but let's talk National League. Um, Obviously, you know where I'm going, but your nominees, Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman. Um, I, of course, took Ronald Acuna. Plain and simple. It's Ronald Acuna Jr. He's the MVP. Nobody's ever done 40-70.
1: Yeah, uh I I went with Ronald Acuña as well and it, it's you know goes into defensively too. He can throw baseballs on a line. What what was his uh what did he top out at? In uh as far mm-hmm. as like
0: outfield throws, it was high. I don't remember. <laughs> he
1: was in triple digits and he didn't even yeah. like run up. He just took a step and launched it. Um yeah, it's got to be Ronald Acuña, just defensively and offensively, uh, as you mentioned base running as well. He um, he's the he's the complete guy. Home runs are there. Power yeah. hitter, um, and clutch too. He yeah. he is the player that you want.
0: Like I, I haven't brought up any baseball savant nerd stat shit. Um, I'm going There's Plenty for, I bet. for Ronald to come Okay, um, here we go.
1: So I'll just
0: uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when you're looking at percentiles in the MLB, uh, batting run value. 100th percentile. Wow. <laughs> uh, expected weighted on-base average, 100th. Expected batting average, 100th. Expected slugging, 100th percentile. <laughs> average exit velocity, 100th percentile. Hard hit percentage, 98th percentile. And strikeout percentage to the 97th percentile. That doesn't happen. Mm. Nobody does no. that. Um, also, no. fielding-wise, arm value. Ninety-sixth percentile arm strength, ninety-eighth percentile. <laughs> he was averaging throwing the ball in like a ninety-five on any play where a bat, like where the ball was in play. His <laughs> his max exit velocity this season uh, on a hit was one hundred twenty-one point two. His average exit velocity. 94.7.
1: Oh my god. On any dude. ball
0: that he reached base safely on. <laughs> wow. That's insane and he only struck out. He literally prior to this season, his lowest strikeout percentage was 23.6 which he put up uh both in 2022 and 2021. In 2023, his strikeout percentage was 11.4. Oh my God. Yeah. The Changed guy off
1: like didn't strike
0: out. It was crazy. Mm. Crazy. Absolutely insane. Doesn't matter what pitch you threw him. None of them were beating him. Um, actually, out of all of the pitches, uh, fastballs, breaking balls, and off speed pitches, he had a home run off of any of them. Um, mm. pretty interesting stat there. Um, do some guys not do that? Uh, there's some guys that just, like, don't get home runs off changeups.
1: But they'll hit, like, 30 a season. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I actually yeah. never even thought about that before.
0: Yeah, 23 huh. home runs off fastballs. <clears throat> but, yeah, that's uh, that's that my one. spiel. Ron Acuna is the MVP. Bill Plachki, you can suck my cock.
1: Yeah, but you know what? Like, even how amazing Acuna is, Mookie and Freddie Freeman are awesome, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Mookie had a great season. Yeah. Give it up to him. Uh, Yeah, he didn't lead the National League in any stats. Fantastic season, Mookie. Woo! (laughs) Sorry, I had to.
1: Damn. (laughs) I like it.
0: I'll I'll never forget is. Mookie winning MVP in 2018. Don't don't make it sound like I hate Mookie Betts. I just love Ronald Acuña. Yeah. Mookie Betts batted 364 uh across 136 games in 2018. Nobody can take that Jesus. from him. Um, oh my god. <laughs> so, yeah, don't forget about that. Um I don't think there's ever been a player where I was like, yeah, that guy's the MVP more than Mookie Betts in the AL in 2018. Um, Mike so Trout was, was Boston. close. Yeah, Mike Trout was close uh, that season, but yeah, he had uh, 28 first place votes. Mike Trout had one, and J.D. Martinez had one. And J.D. Martinez was Mookie uh-huh. Betts' teammate. <laughs> Damn. Um. All right, that is... Uh, all of the MLB awards predictions. That was uh, that was fun. I think I think we're going to be right on possibly all of them. Yeah. What What was the one that
1: we we disagreed on? Uh, we disagreed oh, on we NL on
0: Manager it. of the Year.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I could see it going your way or my way. To be yeah. honest,
0: we maybe, could, maybe we could Smith actually just- we could be wrong on all of these. Except the AL, no, the AL MVP is the only one we can't be wrong on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one's going nowhere but Shohei Otani's way. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything in the MLB you want to talk about uh, before we move on? I know uh, Silver Sluggers came out. I'm not going through the whole list. Um, yeah, I know why I not do that. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll, we'll start talking about free agency uh, coming up soon. Maybe we'll start doing some lists to recap the season like uh, we did Mm. with the NFL last year. That'd be fun. I'll I'll think about it. I'll think about it. We've got a a busy slate uh, with the NFL still going on. So we'll see what happens. But uh, for the meantime, uh, you said you don't have anything in particular you want to talk about for the MLB? Uh, No,
1: not with the MLB. I do have a good MLB question for you, but that is obviously for question time.
0: Cool. Cool. Uh shout out Shohei Otani for donating like sixty thousand baseball gloves to Japanese schools.
1: Ow. Yeah. Big time.
0: Yeah. I saw that uh before we started recording.
1: It's pretty cool. Uh but yeah, let me actually let me go to my Instagram and see if I have anything to add about baseball. I don't think okay. I do.
0: Yeah, go ahead take a look. What did I say? Um I guess I can go through some headlines and email B. Um Yoshinomu, uh Yoshinobu Yamamoto uh of the Japanese league twenty five year old pitcher. Um is officially going to be a free agent in the MLB, that's a huge deal. Like, CBS has him ranked as the second best available free agent, and that's only behind Shohei Otani. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's ahead of Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Eduardo Rodriguez, Marcus Stroman. Yeah. And he's never even played in the MLB yet. Yeah. There's also a KBO player. Uh, Jung-Hoo Lee, who's 25 years old, center fielder, uh, number 15 on this list. He's ahead of Lourdes Gurriel. uh, Oh, wow. As a free agent. Pretty amazing. Yeah, I have
1: nothing to add to MLB news, by the way. Okay. Well then,
0: uh, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the Premier League. We have uh, a solid weekend ahead of us. Not the best matchups, um... But things can certainly happen here. Uh, we'll start off with, honestly, all the good matches are on Sunday. Um, so we're starting off with uh, Aston Villa versus Fulham on uh, on Sunday morning. Fulham's not very good. Uh, I'm well aware of that. I just wanted to talk about them because we're getting to this point where there's not a lot of fantastic mashups. So I just want to talk about some teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Okay. Um for sure yeah Fulham
1: like you said has not been that great but Aston Villa are coming off of a horrible Premier League loss 2-0 to Nottingham Forest which is not very good at all. Um but Fulham did lose to Manchester United which is horrible. Yeah. You should beat Manchester United.
0: Yeah. What? Uh, they're in like the relegation zone or something, right? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, that feels like it. Also um,
0: I know I've made jokes out of it. Scott McTominay... Almost scored a goal, but he got ruled off sides in that game against Fulham. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up. Um, that that's worth it. Yeah, look, Fulham oh, is just—it is a bunch of players that either aren't good or used to be good on the same team.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I I completely agree. Um, yeah, you know, William's except for Paulinho, Paulina
0: is awesome.
1: Yeah, is awesome. I think Williams pretty good, too. Um, he's just not as effective as he used to be. Yeah. Um, I, I think with Fulham, it, it, what, what's kind of hurting you is uh, no, not really a striker at, at Fulham anymore. Yeah. I think Alexander Mitrovich was a very, very underrated striker for Fulham. And you did sign Raul Jimenez uh, from, uh, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking, Wolverhampton. But, you know, I guess he hasn't really worked his way out there yet. He's coming oh. off the bench in this game. Uh, and this Rodrigo Munoz kid isn't getting it done either. So, yeah, Fulham can't score goals.
0: Yeah, that's an issue uh, in soccer. It is. <laughs> it definitely is. Big one. <laughs> uh, but Aston Villa certainly knows how to score some goals. They're fifth right now on the table. Um, and they've got a 10-goal uh, differential, but I still I don't know why, but I feel like they could play better yeah that's fair. Um, they, they lost definitely have to Nottingham the, Forest last week. two 0
1: yeah, I didn't even put up a goal
0: yeah, really bad um, showing from from Ollie watkins um and Emiliano Martinez. Did you see yeah, the terrible did you see the failed save that was kind of an own I actually goal, didn't kind of not i did not um I believe that was against Nottingham Forest. It might have been um the one goal he gave up uh against um, Alkbar in the Europa League. Was it? Uh, no, I don't I don't think so. I think it was uh, against Nottingham Forest. It was bad. Uh, he saved it, goes straight up, and he goes towards the line to gather it, and it just kind of goes over the line as he catches it. Oh, God. It was bad. Um, <laughs> a lot of people were very yeah. mad at him for that. Um, but, yeah, look, Acidville is just a better team, um, undoubtedly. Like... Yep. They've scored, I think, the third most goals in the league with 26 only behind Man City and Newcastle. They've been fantastic. Fulham simply cannot score. They have only scored nine goals. That is uh, tied for second to last with Bournemouth and Sheffield United. Only Burnley worse than them. Lutontown has scored more goals than Fulham. Hell that, yeah. That tells the story. <laughs> um, I just... Yeah, look, there's no way Fulham wins. It's kind of the way I see nah,
1: it. Yeah, I'm gonna go like maybe uh, I don't know, two nil Villa. Like that's a safe one.
0: Yeah, like despite not scoring uh last week, um, they still averaged two point four goals per game. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. I'm gonna they go, actually had
1: more expected goals than uh, Manchester United in that one nil loss.
0: Not surprised. Um, no. Yeah, Fulham just doesn't score, and they don't keep clean sheets. Aston Villa do, does score a lot, and they also don't keep clean sheets. Uh, I'm going to go Villa 3-1. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I'll go Villa yeah, like 3-1. Uh, our next game, surprisingly important. Uh, West Ham versus Nottingham Forest never thought that this one would be one that I actually care about and most people probably don't but this is number 12 versus number 13 and this is just a continuation of a horrible skid by West Ham
1: yeah um I'm actually looking at it right now they lined up differently in their 3-2 loss to Brentford they they ran just a straight 4-4-2 which is by far my least favorite formation of all time um yeah yeah, you had, a, you had Jared Bowen, who played uh, striker with Mikel Antonio, who Jared Bowen actually scored a goal. Um, so, it, for me, it's an easy fix for West Ham. You replace my, Mikel Antonio with Jared Bowen, and you go back to your same formation. I yes. don't know what the fuck this four four two is with your loaded midfield that you have. You need three center mids if you're West Ham. You need all of them out there on the Agreed. pitch at the same time. But Mohamed Kudus, though... Did you see his fucking goal against Brentford? Yeah, my God,
0: that was amazing, ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I love that guy. Um, wish Chelsea could have gotten there first, but you know we have a we bought a billion other people instead. Yeah, Uh, so yeah, I I guess uh, I'll turn it over to you now. I I don't really know what to think. I
0: kind of like Nottingham Forest in this one. I'm not gonna lie. I do as well. West Ham is on such a bad run right now. Um. The only team that is—or, uh, sorry, not the only team, Burnley uh, and West Ham. The only teams that have lost their last three Premier League matches. Um, it just doesn't look good, man. And, and Nottingham Forest coming off of, a, 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 obviously, a big win against Aston Villa. And, and, you know, they lost to Liverpool, which is fine. But you have draws with Lutontown and draws with Crystal Palace and Brentford. They're all over the place. I think for some reason being all over the place doesn't bode well for West Ham, um, so I no gonna, no <laughs> yeah I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go one-one draw. That's a good one. Yeah, one-one
1: draw. Yeah. Um, I, I sat
0: here and kept saying things, and I was like, "But West Ham actually scores goals." Um, so yeah, one-one draw.
1: I'm actually gonna take a two-two draw. Okay, give them two more goals in that game. Yeah.
0: All right. Well. Our uh, our third game here, Chelsea versus Man City. Oh, Sunday, fuck. standalone, 11.30 a.m. <laughs> no. Eastern time. It's interesting. And Cuckoo's still not back. Um, training, not back, though. Yes, training, but... not back in the lineup, technically, just yet. Um, how are you feeling right now? Uh, the The Tottenham match was weird. Nicholas Jackson scored a hat-trick, but Tottenham was down to nine men. I don't know what to think. Um,
1: It's always a good win to beat Tottenham in such a humiliating fashion. I mean, two red cards and four goals. I, I love how he just murdered Tottenham. But... You know, I I just got to put this Nicholas Jackson hype to an end, man. This is the this is the most phony fucking hat trick in Premier League history, and I I actually kind of hate Nicholas Jackson for scoring this hat trick. Um, a billion chances throughout the entire first half huh. of the game didn't score any of them like normal. It took yeah. him nine men Tottenham in the 70th minute. Where nine men in the Premier League, Grayson, against a really good build-up team like Chelsea, I'll give that to Chelsea. We're, we're fantastic, and we look good when we pass the ball. Every through ball is through on goal. And when you have someone as pacey as Nicholas Jackson, that even furthers that notion that you're through on goal. Of course he's going to score a fucking hat trick. He better. <laughs> and, oh my God, dude. Like, don't give me, Okay. I don't hate him for scoring this hat trick. I just hate the hype that he okay. gets. Fair yeah. play to him for putting three goals away. I was going to call
0: you out for that one.
1: <laughs> I, uh, yeah, but...
0: Um, I, I no, see it as a confidence booster.
1: We, yeah, yeah, we'll see.
0: I, I, that's what I see it as. He we'll just see. needed to get it out of the way.
1: We'll see. Um, In January, I still want Chelsea to go big on a striker.
0: Well, Manchester City is going to beat the living shit out of you this weekend, I think.
1: I I know they are. They're they're on
0: ridiculous form right now. Um, Obviously, they smashed Bournemouth last week. They beat the shit out of Manchester United two weeks ago. They obviously beat up on uh, young boys of of Sweden, or not Sweden, Switzerland, um, in the Champions League. Look, they are on a rampage right now, and Erling Haaland is not slowing down uh, for anyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is just back to his shit, so yeah, this one's not going to go well. I'm sorry.
1: No, I don't think it is either. I mean, I, I love Chelsea's ability to create chances, but... We're not going to be able to put them away against Manchester City. I'm not, I'm not very confident. We. I, I'm confident that we can keep it close, but we're still going to lose.
0: Yeah, also... Um, they, they
1: won't be able to blow us out of the water, is yeah, what I'm trying to get not
0: at. Not so fun fact, unfortunately. Uh, the last six meetings between Manchester City and Chelsea, Manchester City has won. Wow. Yeah. Huh,
1: it doesn't even like really feel like it. Yeah, but Chelsea man.
0: hasn't won... Uh, or even drawn, uh, but they haven't won since May eighth, twenty twenty one, against Man City.
1: So Tuchel, cool. yeah, the manager. that was, the year that was the in. Uh,
0: yeah, that was in the <clears> Prem, <throat> and you guys beat them the time before that. Wait, May eighth
1: was that the Champions League final? Was that no. the last time we beat Manchester City?
0: Uh, oh, sorry, no, May 29th ninth was. That was the Champions League final.
1: Yeah, so we beat yeah, them when it counts. Fuck you guys. I don't I don't give a shit about your 6 games against us. They literally us.
0: won a treble last year.
1: Bro, talk about the seventh <laughs> game. What 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 happened to the seventh game? Oh <laughs> um, well, yeah, what happened on yeah, February
0: no, was... 10th, 2019 when you guys lost 6-0? <laughs> All right. I don't uh, know, man. Enough. Manchester City 3-0.
1: Oh, don't give us nil. I'm I'm, I'm going to go 2-1. If Nicholas Jackson's two, a
0: striker, it's 3-0. Hey,
1: he's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? I love Cole Palmer. He's settling in nice. He's he good. looks really good. Yeah, really, we'll talk really good. talk about him
0: in questions time. Fun, oh, fun, oh, okay. Uh, fun Interesting. Not directly, but uh, we'll talk about him. Uh, mm. Question before we get into UCL. Who's the only team, or who has the longest unbeaten streak right now in the Premier League? Mm-hmm. Unbeaten? Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, is it Newcastle? Sure fucking is. Six games. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Because wasn't it Tottenham before? I I think yes, it was.
0: It was. They were also just mm-hmm. winning. <laughs> they weren't just unbeaten. They were just winning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Newcastle. Turning things around. Gosh. Not in the Champions League, which we're about to talk about. But in the Prem, we are turning things around. But let's talk about match. Day four of the Champions League, the schedule wraps around if you played them two weeks ago, you played them this week and uh weird weird results that's like the best way to sum this up weird results um i don't even want to talk about it Dortmund to Newcastle nil no. i just
1: yeah that can't. they just i guess have the number there i don't i don't know what else it is man yeah. i don't this makes it real hard
0: for. Uh, no, I didn't. But this makes it real hard mm. for us to move on.
1: No, oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, which it really does.
0: Okay, am I gonna sound like a lame fan for saying I'm okay with us getting knocked out? Or I'm I'll, actually i I would rather I'd be okay if we go to the Europa League. Is that okay?
1: Nah, nah, man. You gotta you gotta demand more.
0: I I obviously demand more. I would rather win the Prem. Or at least be top... I'm focused on getting back to the Champions League next year.
1: That's fair. Yeah. That
0: and our fair. best way is to either go to the Europa League or win or get in the top four in the Prem because I don't think this squad, considering we don't have Central Tenali and all of that, can actually get all the way through this tournament.
1: Yeah. That No, that's fair.
0: Okay. Thank that's you. fair. Yeah, I'm not saying I want us to just not pay attention to the Champions League. I'm just saying, I would like us to make it back next year.
1: Yeah. More consistency. I guess your whole idea is, like, you don't think you can win this year, so you're striving on just getting there. More consistent appearances. Yeah, I mean, that's fair.
0: Yeah, That's fair. Look, a lot of these guys on our team have not played in Europe.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That is true. I mean, like...
0: (laughs) Uh, what oh shit? Dan Byrne probably has never watched a fucking Champions League
1: game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, That's fucking uh, hilarious.
0: Shakhtar Donetsk won Barcelona nil. What the fuck? That's crazy. I, I don't
1: even know. I do not even know. Um, yeah, I, I, I have nothing to say. I, I don't understand how this happened.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't understand this don't one do. either. Uh, I was talking about how much I love Celtic matching up against Atletico Madrid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Atletico Madrid <Yeah>. won 6 <laughs> 0. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Antoine Griezmann is one of the best players in the world right now. Is that is that fair to say? Actually, he's playing insanely I don't really good. know what
1: he's doing right now. I haven't really heard much about
0: him. He's just been solid. It's two goals in this game. Um, same for Morata and then Lino and Saul. Actually, is, I mean, you know he's what? He's been it, really good. Yeah, we got uh, four matches, four
1: goals in the Champions League and 11 matches, seven goals in La Liga. I mean, he's no Jude Bellingham, but that's that's pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, very, it's hard to be good. Jude Bellingham uh, right <laughs> now, at least. Um, any other, uh, Any? I, I have plenty more, but any ones that stick out to you uh, results this week?
1: Is it really that hard to be Jude Bellingham, Grayson?
0: Oh yeah, Bellingham, <laughs>
1: dude. Bellingham, Bellingham.
0: <laughs> Fucking love that video. Yeah. Those videos are I, great. I
1: was holding, I was holding that pose a little bit too I'm sorry. long. I was, I, was, I accidentally really closed back. my
0: tab and I needed to open it back up. Uh, but yeah, pick <laughs> uh, uh pick out some, uh, some fixtures.
1: Some I results. think Milan PSG makes that group very, very interesting. It does,
0: and that also scares Milan me for getting into the Europa League. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I <laughs> don't like that.
0: I don't um, want Milan turning up and just winning. Like, if they beat Dortmund next week and we don't at least draw PSG, we're fucked.
1: Yeah. And then uh, obviously Copenhagen over Manchester United. Yeah. Not, somehow not really that surprising, but still a fixture that we just, I mean, I, I wanted to go into this one because I haven't even looked at the stats yet. I'm we talked about how it could happen. Copenhagen actually had them on ball possession.
0: Yeah. But that, Manchester that United. the biggest part was Marcus Rashford's red card.
1: Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And that, it was um, definitely a
0: red card. Don't argue that. <laughs> Nobody no, can argue yeah. that. He wasn't even looking <laughs> sure. at the ball.
1: For sure. Yeah. Copenhagen had more. They had 16 shots, eight of them on target. Uh, Manchester United had nine shots, eight of them on target. So, yeah, fair play to Copenhagen, man. Yeah. Seriously.
0: Yeah, fair play. they were great. Um Real Sociedad beat Benfica 3-1 but Sociedad was up 3-0 at the half actually after 21 minutes.
1: Oh my god.
0: Yeah, I remember checking in on that yeah. game a little bit after it started and being like holy shit. Um yeah, you had a, a goal in the 6th minute from Moreno, goal in the 11th by Yarthabal, um and a goal in the 21st by I'm not even going to attempt that one. But Ber- but Berne- a Brunetcia Sure,
1: Baronezio. Baronezio, I like it. Um, Maybe. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Galatasaray and Bayern. I mean, it, yeah. it took Bayern the 80th minute to score the first goal of the game, and then uh, Harry Kane once again six minutes later puts uh, adds the brace, and then uh, Bayern answer back in stoppage time, but it was just too late. So honestly, like, shout out Bayern. Yeah. I mean, shout they out. held a very good team. Uh, to n- no goals for eighty minutes. That's yeah. uh, pretty impressive.
0: Shout out Braga. Didn't give up a goal to Jude Bellingham. Instead, gave up three goals. Uh, one to Brahim Diaz, one to Vinicius Junior, and one to Rodrigo. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Shout out. Good work. You stopped yeah. Bellingham. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> uh, he probably man. had an assist that I don't know
1: about. <laughs> Honestly, let's 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 check. Uh Jude Bellingham stats are my favorite thing to do. Um no, actually I don't he has one assist in the Champions League. I don't know if it came in that game though. Okay. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, he's still absurd. Um All right, any other yeah. I, there's not many other results that we didn't bring up other than no, very I, boring I ones. I mean
1: we can, you know, talk about Red Star um keeping it close with Leipzig yeah. and I I mean but that's really it. I mean they still lost. So yeah.
0: All right. Well, um, how about we get into questions time?
1: Well, my, probably my new favorite part, honestly. I love this. It, it has
0: become very fun. Um, and just because we're transitioning from soccer, I want to start and I want to ask you my soccer question.
1: Oh, cool. Let's do it.
0: Okay. Um, who do you want out of the Chelsea lineup when Cuckoo comes back, and why is it Moises Caicedo? I love Moises Caicedo. Okay, go look at that lineup and tell me that he's not the one you'd take out.
1: Uh, the most recent one against Tottenham? Yeah. All right, Hang on, I'm pulling it up.
0: Hmm. Cuz to I me, mean, to me you're not taking out Cole Palmer. Yeah, are you taking out not- Gallagher?
1: I feel like Gallagher's really earned his spot though. He's That's been you know saying. captain of the team. Um, well, now that Reese James is back, uh, Reese James is captain. But I, I love how Con- Connor Gallagher's earned it. He that would be kind of fucked if we were to replace him. Yeah. Um, Enzo uh, Enzo's been you know fantastic. So I-, I guess it is Moises Caicedo. But I <laughs> I really like Moises Caicedo a lot though. Um, maybe underrated opinion. Maybe it's Nicholas Jackson.
0: It could be. Because Nkuku does play like a solid, like false nine. I just don't think there's a lot of goal scoring ability around him outside of maybe Cole Palmer, who really, like, he's been scoring goals a lot of the time on penalties. Um, But there's not too much goal scoring ability to just take out a striker. I know Nicholas Jackson hasn't been clinical, but to take out a striker would be a hard look for this team.
1: Yeah, but then again, though, like you think of the way that like kind of Chelsea's build up play goes and maybe it wouldn't be that bad to maybe. go more center forward in, instead of striker yeah. base. But um, yeah, honestly, to answer your question, I would take out Nicholas Jackson. I think Moises Caicedo, he's not N'Golo Conte, but he's he he's pretty similar.
0: OK, I, I would yeah. say
1: I, I would I, I like Moises Caicedo a lot. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's my two cents. That's a good question.
0: Yeah, very I, good I, the, the biggest thing was like, in my head, I was like, okay, it should be Cole Palmer, but it's not, and it's not going to be.
1: I think Chelsea, it's very interesting to ask this question of a lot of positions because I, I want to yeah. flip a question. This isn't my Premier League question, but I want to ask you a Chelsea question. When Ben Chilwell comes back, do you, like, do you take out Cowell
0: and leave into Sassy? I, yeah, see, I don't know. Do you go back to a there, five at the back? I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. It is. It is tough. very d- um, difficult.
1: Okay. Um, do we like the random or should I keep it? I like soccer? the
0: random order. I think that's fun.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go MLB for you. Okay. So obviously the Braves lost. Uh, I think their third base coach, longtime third base coach Ron uh, Ron Washington, yep. how's he gonna do in LA?
0: Uh Okay. Well, first of all, Shohei's gone. That's going to hurt. Um, Mike Trout might get traded. That's not good. Um, yeah, I think they're going to win like 55 games. Okay. Um, assuming. I love Ron Washington. Assuming that I don't they, want anybody to think that that's not the case. I want yeah. them to lose so many games that he comes running back to us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you think a guy like Ron Washington will do assuming that Mike Trout's going to get traded for prospects? How do you think he'll do like in years to come cultivating those young guys?
0: He does Apathetic. a great job. Certainly. He's he, yeah. he he's not like he's not a hitting coach, um, but he is an amazing fielding coach. Um, okay. The the amount of work and and what he did for guys in this infield, the guys that he's worked with you know Freddie Freeman, one of the best defensive first basemen, uh, one of the best scooping first basemen in the league right now. Ozzie Albie's whose glove has been phenomenal. Dansby Swanson and now two-time Gold Glove winner Austin Riley, who's been a Gold Glove nominee, I think twice now. Um, Angelson Simmons. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if Andrelton was on the team while Ron was. I I could check, but um, he was um you know, obviously played a big role with Von Grissom in the offseason who his defense got better. His offense just sucked and that's what, you know, kind of pushed him down. Um I, I think to me, um, you know, I'm looking at it right now. Uh he's been with the Braves since twenty seventeen. I can't remember if Andrelton was on the team or not. Mm. I I really don't know. Um but yeah, look, Ron Washington is a fantastic infield coach, uh, revolutionary. If he wants to work with the guys in LA, fantastic. There's just not a lot to work with.
1: Yeah.
0: Fair. Um, was that the end of your question? I know I kind of cut you off. Yes. Uh, okay.
1: No i i asked a I asked my question, then I asked a follow up. So gotcha. I, you actually gave me two. So yeah. Okay.
0: Perfect. Um. Let's do the NFL question. Oh, okay. Uh, What does Trevor Lawrence have to do to be considered a top-five quarterback in the league? I I feel like he has a lot of
1: games where he throws for a really good amount of yards, but it's like one touchdown, one pick. Yeah. I I think he... um, Yeah, I I would say more touchdowns, less picks for him.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's an obvious go about it, but it's like... When it comes down to the top five quarterbacks right now, or at least the top five quarterbacks going into the season, let's say, yeah. you're looking at Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Who who was five? Lamar?
1: Kirk. Ah, uh, uh, no, Lamar. Hmm. I, I don't know, Kirk or Lamar. I would say. Yeah, I don't think five. Kirk
0: was number five coming into the season. Uh, when you're looking like preseason wise, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not putting him up there. Um, maybe Herbert coming into the season. I, I mean, he was hyped Kenny Pickett's up. up there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kenny Pickett is probably in the running for bottom five. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, what what does Trevor Lawrence have to do to to get into that class? Yeah, that, that's a.
1: Do you feel like do you feel like Trevor Lawrence is better than Justin Herbert? I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe it's um. That's a really hard one. Just, yeah, they're because they're. I feel like they're pretty similar. They but. are
0: similar. I think Herbert probably got off to a better start for his career. That makes him look a whole lot better. Herbert's now got four years under his belt, but he's been good the whole time. Um, yeah. Whereas Trevor had a, a very bad rookie year. I think everybody knows that, um, but don't doesn't blame it on him because Urban Meyer was his head coach. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would I would say most people probably just assume Justin Herbert is better at the moment, um, maybe yeah. because of the numbers. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think Trevor Lawrence by the end of this year will probably be considered better. I agree too. Um, but to go back to your question,
1: I I guess like if you wanted something that wasn't as obvious as like throwing more touchdowns, less picks, I, the only thing that I can think of is like, maybe it's the market that he plays in like Jacksonville are six and two, but nobody is really talking about him. And I feel like on top of that, he doesn't really have a superstar weapon that he can they can feed off of the attention from each other.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think like, Etienne uh, you know, is Ridley. forming into that. Calvin Ridley is forming yeah. into that. Neither of them are yeah. that. When you, I, I actually really like that point because when we look at the guys that we've already mentioned, they all have that. Josh Allen has Stephon Diggs. Joe Burrow yeah. has Jamar Chase. Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey. Um, Jalen Hurts has AJ Brown, I guess would be his his second in yeah. command. Um, Herbert has uh, Herbert Keenan has Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler
1: and Austin Eckler. Yeah, so
0: yeah, they all have somebody to play off of. Trevor doesn't quite have it, but maybe he's you know maybe some people consider Etienne to be further ahead of him. So yeah, wow. I thought it was an I, interesting thing to think about.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question because <clears throat> it, it's definitely like. It, I, I've noticed it too, I I've, I really have with him uh, not getting a lot of attention. Um, I'm very far away right now. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, I really like my prim question, so I'm gonna no because you asked football, so I have to go prim. Okay, that's fine. So I I don't know if you've noticed it, but I think it's it's something kind of obvious to me. Um, not to say that you're like stupid for not noticing it if you haven't, but. Do you think the lean more towards gym stuff with soccer athletes has limited player creativity in today's game in 2023?
0: I don't know. I, I I think I think saying it's limiting is unfair because it also we're seeing things that we haven't seen in the past happen. Um I think on a cre- in a creative idea Yeah, look, players are going to be more creative if all of the work they're doing is on the field. But Mm -hmm. I think physical activity and physical strength and physique have become a much more important idea in soccer especially. I think it's always been present in your traditional sports, especially American sports. But in soccer, it hasn't always been as much about physical strength. Um, Yep now we're definitely seeing where it's like, okay, if I want to be... If I want to, as a defender, if I want to stop Erling Holland, who is a giant, I need to be strong. Whereas, if I wanted to stop Thierry Henry, I needed to be fast, and I needed to have great footwork. Yeah. I think that's where the the evolution comes... On both sides, you know, if, if it's all about matching the best players, and if the best players in the world, in your league at least, or the best players in your league are the most physically imposing, you need to match that. I don't think yep. in League A teams and players are super focused on strength when you're playing against PSG, and in the past couple of years, the guys you've needed a stop are Neymar, Messi, Mbappe those aren't the guys that you need strength to stop and maybe they are focusing on strength and that's what's making PSG kind of dominate some of those teams.
1: Yeah. That was a really good point you made earlier, how you brought up like how the gym is a much bigger deal in American sports. Yes. And I feel like the, cause I saw this post on Instagram uh, and they were asking the question and maybe it's more of a European idea that, the gym is limiting player creativity and, and us Americans though with, with us watching these 6'4, 225 wide receivers run four, fours at uh, NFL combines. Maybe it's just a little bit more interesting to people like you and I to see like just freak of natures in soccer. Now, like, yeah. like Kemabinga, people like that yeah. um, that are just like ridiculous athletes uh, and, and like their the way that their body is too. But then again, like, it's interesting to think about that, like throughout Ronaldo's career, he is obviously a big gym guy.
0: Yeah, but he and was never getting really, bigger
1: yeah, just more his was like all cut fit, and yeah, lean. his was
0: like fitness, um, almost like glamour muscles uh, that most people would refer to him as I, fair for enough for him yeah. like <clears throat> that was the kind of stuff, and that was, I think, more garnering to his image than how he played.
1: Interesting.
0: interesting, because like, Messi didn't have to take his fucking shirt off all the time. Actually, yeah. he doesn't.
1: No, he really doesn't.
0: <laughs> he doesn't really take his <laughs> shirt off ever. Uh-uh. Um, so I don't know. I, I I think it's uh, it's definitely an interesting concept. I'm glad you made me think about it.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, what you got, MLB?
0: Yeah, um, with free agency getting started. What free agent do you want on the Yankees that is not Shohei Otani?
1: Yamamoto, another Japanese guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Just, I, I feel like he's um, – is it fair to say the most realistic because there has been actual rumors of the Yankees pushing towards him?
0: Uh, yes and no, I guess. Uh, Yamamoto is an interesting one. Um, like, There's going to be a lot of teams interested. The Giants are definitely one of them. That's the thing. A, a lot of a lot of Japanese players want to go to the West Coast because um, a lot of Japanese immigrants go to the West Coast. Um, yeah, you know they're gonna have much better access to translators, um, a, a, possibly a much bigger audience, uh, at least of their own yeah. of their home fans that kind of relate to them understand their culture things of that sort um I think that was a big part for you know obviously Shohei but then now we see other guys going other places you know Kodai Senga goes to the Mets uh Masutake Yoshida uh going to the uh, Red Sox you know guys are kind of spreading out but um big thing is staying coastal don't know why uh in particular um that seems to be a trend. Um, you don't see a lot of Japanese players in Kansas City.
1: <laughs> Never in the <laughs> middle middle of the country. Um, yeah, I am actually looking at the free agents list here. These are a lot of interesting guys like uh, Clayton Kershaw's on here. Um, yeah.
0: Personally, um, for my for my team the Braves, uh, I want Aaron Nola cuz I want to fist fuck the Phillies with their own guy but
1: that's oh my gosh that's just my opinion wow um i don't know like i i if we're not going to go big on yamamoto i'm kind of looking at some of these older like decent hitters like justin turner um i yeah. feel like could be good in new york um maybe josh Hader as a bullpen guy i don't necessarily hate our bullpen i would um,
0: love josh Hader on the braves
1: yeah, he would be fantastic, oh, uh, really anywhere he goes. Uh, Matt Chapman, if we want to go big, though, because he's not that old yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um,
1: I, I like Matt Chapman, too. I, I, know, I know I'm know, i looking at a lot Can of Can I recommend basement, but, one um, for you? Yes, and then I have one to say after okay. you recommend.
0: Jimer Candelario.
1: I, I'm going to be honest, I don't even know who that is.
0: Uh, he was on the Nationals, then he went to the Cubs at the trade deadline. First base, third base guy, fantastic at getting on base.
1: Yeah, that's definitely something the Yankees could use. He
0: was a a target of theirs at the uh, trade deadline until they stopped trying to buy.
1: Okay. Um, What do you think about Brandon Crawford to not have it all up to Anthony Volpe
0: at shortstop? No? No, please don't. Don't do that. (laughs) Why not? Don't do that to yourself, dude. (laughs) He's going to hit for like 200. Has he really not been hitting that great lately? No. I, d- I just think it's going to keep going down. Also, isn't his brother-in-law Garrett Cole? Yes, it is. <laughs> That would be funny. Maybe that's, <laughs> that's the only reason I want them to be on the same team. Yeah, I think you guys um, should also be interested in Jordan Hicks uh, out of the bullpen.
1: I would like that. Yeah, I I would like him, but yeah, Yamamoto is like my my big one though for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. don't yeah. sleep on uh, Shota Imanaga. I believe is his name. He's thirty years old, but he's coming from uh, Japan as well. A uh, left-handed pitcher, one to look out for. He's he's got the uh, years under his belt to have an immediate impact in the MLB, which I think is big. Okay.
1: Yeah, I like that. Um. I have an NFL question written down here, but kind of reading it now, I think it's kind of boring. Um, so I'm gonna go this route instead. Okay. Is CJ Stroud having a better
0: season than Patrick Mahomes? Uh oh. I gotta look at Patrick's stats. I haven't I haven't really looked at him.
1: Actually don't really know what he's at either.
0: Let's see. Hmm. The picks are the big part to me. Patrick Mahomes don't eat picks. But there is other stats, and I'd like to look at CJ's (laughs) now. Let me pull up Stroud stats, compare them side by side. Yep. Hmm. Have they played the same amount of games?
1: Um, the Chiefs are on a bye week this week, right? Yeah. I think the Texans have already had theirs, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. They, they did.
0: Okay. So Patrick Mahomes has played one more game. So after this week, when they've played the same amount of games, Stroud will probably have more passing yards. He won't catch him in QBR. Which is a big deal. No. Mahomes yeah. despite having eight picks to CJ Stroud's one. Patrick Mahomes' QBR is fantastic, seventy-three. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, damn! But that's seven interceptions and only three touchdowns less right now.
0: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to objectively compare these two when you keep in mind the fact that C.J. Stroud is a rookie. <laughs> it's hard to yeah. say it's not better because it's more impressive what he's doing. Because he has zero impressive. years under his belt, yeah, um, so if, i I gotta give better to Mahomes because his team is winning, and he's the reason, um, and his team's winning more, um but I think more impressive season I'm giving to c j Stroud. yeah
1: i yeah i I mirror that answer,
0: okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I just can't get over fourteen touchdowns, one interception, dude. It is crazy. <laughs> that's ridiculous.
0: Uh all right. Damn, those those are some good questions. Yeah, that was a, a very fun questions time. And um yeah, I think that's uh that's the entire episode. Um make sure if you're watching this right now on YouTube, you look at me and you look at those links that are about to pop up right at the bottom of the screen. Right now. They're there, right now. Look at those, all of those names. You just type them right in. It tells you exactly where to type them into as well. Then you click follow, and you interact with the uh, content on there. There's not much content. That's my bad. But there will be. (laughs) Down the road, there will be plenty more content coming there. Uh, But if you want to stay up to date on all of our episodes and when they come out, uh, make sure you're following the Instagram. That's kind of the easiest one to be active on. Um, So I try to stay the most active there. But make sure you're liking, subscribing, commenting on YouTube. Make sure if you're on the podcast platforms and you're listening to me right now, you're following us on that podcast platform and you rate us five stars. On Spotify, if you've listened to three episodes, you can rate us five stars. And on Apple Music, you don't even have to listen to an episode, but I'd assume you are because you hear me right now. Uh, Yeah. Make sure to follow us on all the socials and um, make sure you share. Share the podcast with everyone. Share it on your Instagram story if you'd like. Or if you wouldn't like to, share it on your Instagram story. But um for now, Luke, anything else for the people?
1: No. Um
0: let's not do that. Nothing else for the people. No, I'm just don't gonna do the ASMR. It's gonna make Are it hell outro? for when I try to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> um no, just stay
1: tuned for next episode. I think I'm gonna. Well, I don't know about next episode because I, I have a really interesting thing about Chelsea that I want to bring up to you. I think it, it could probably lead to like a 15 minute discussion about just this one topic in particular. Okay. And it is transfer related, so I may save it. But I'm very eager to get your opinion on this, so I might I might ask it next episode.
0: Okay. Who knows? We'll look forward to it, and also look forward yeah. to next week's episode. Me and Colin will be with you on Monday. Me and Luke back on Friday. We will see y'all next week. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football. Peace.